0: Welcome to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to people who want to speak more as a way to build their income and grow their business. Well, welcome everyone to the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. My name is Jane Atkinson. Today, we are talking about how to get noticed by the media. We want to, our title today is Insider Secrets to Attracting the Media. I'm excited. We have a special guest expert, Katrina Cravey. Welcome, Katrina. Thank you, Jane. I'm really excited to be here with you. This is awesome. (laughs) You know, uh, just kind of off the top, why do you think people want to do more in the media? What do you think would be the advantage to them?
1: You know, after listening to you and reading your book, everything that you talk about, about putting yourself as the expert, when you get media coverage, that really puts you in that limelight. It just separates, you know, it puts you in a higher category because everybody obviously assumes the media has done their due diligence and they've chosen you as an expert. So I think that's the biggest thing is getting yourself into that seat.
0: Right. And we're elevating you from perhaps, a you know, commodity speaker that could be chosen amongst many to expert, which is, and the expert, what the, the expert gets paid what the expert charges versus having to compete. It's a whole different level of competition, which is fantastic. So thank you for that. That's a good um, point that you're making. Um, let me just give everybody a little bit of your bio. Okay. Okay. Katrina Cravey is an Emmy Award winning TV media veteran and author. She's worked as an investigative reporter, anchor, and talk show host for Fox, NBC, and ABC affiliates from Parkersburg, West Virginia to Portland, Oregon. Her book, On Air Insider Secrets to Attracting the Media and Getting Free Publicity, promises to make you think like the media. And I think that is. That is just what we want to do. We want to kind of crawl inside the heads of someone who's been on the front line and been approached by lots and lots of people to say, hey, highlight me, right? That's what we're after. Right.
1: And that's how it all started is because I was asked to speak to this entrepreneur group And I usually would give the talk about how I got into journalism and how I became an investigative reporter and how to make sure that I never run after you on the street with a camera and a microphone because you're a bad (laughs) business owner. Right. I had said that speech so many times that I told my husband, I'm like, I really need to give this audience what they really need. And that was the one question that everybody always asked me, which was, how do I get on your talk show or how do I become an expert in one of your stories? Right. So, I gave this talk this night, and it was like 45 minutes. There were about 170 people there. And then afterwards, 30 people lined up with their products in hand to say, Well, how would you get in touch with the media about this? And how would you do right. this? And how would you do that? And this guy from the Better Business Bureau, he was on the board and he walked over to me and he said, you are sitting on a mountain of information Uh and you need to start writing this down. Like everything you know, you need to start writing down. And I thought, yeah, well, okay. But then he was, took me out to the parking lot and like walked me to my car. And as I drove away, he was still in my rear view. I mean, he he was doing the Superman pose in my rear view. And I thought, (laughs) He's really serious about this. He really wants
0: you to do that. (laughs) All right. And and
1: then I started thinking, I'm like, okay. So I took that 45-minute talk and I just started writing. And that's where the book came from. Mm -hmm. And then I asked the local um, chapter that really helps out businesses in our area. I said, could I do a couple of different classes? And see if this really sells. And we had about a hundred um, people per night. And I thought I surveyed them all, and then I thought, okay, I've got something here, and this is what I want to work on.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, let's kind of travel backwards a little bit to your first. Um you know, big job in the media. You wrote in your uh, bio that you used to wear headgear in high school. I mean, could you ever imagine that for yourself? That must have been a very awkward time in your, in your being. Like, would you, would you have ever imagined that that was what you were wanting? Did you practice with the hairbrush in front of the mirror?
1: I, I did to a certain extent. I know headgear, a lot of people are like, what's headgear? Well, that's where you wear braces and you have to actually have the bar in front of your face and oh, it pulls all your teeth back, you know. So, yeah, I was a very awkward teenager, but uh, I got I was sitting on the beach with my cousin in California because that's where I'm from. And we were 15 and we were trying to decide what we wanted to do with our lives. And I was the editor of the paper and I was also in a lot of plays and things like that. And I said, you know, I like both of those. And she said, you're an idiot. You should just be a TV reporter.
0: Ah. And I thought,
1: Oh, that's perfect idea for me. So I went and got an internship when I was 17 because back then you didn't have to have college credits. You could just go and tell the, you know, volunteer at your local TV station and they would give me the scripts. This is interesting, Jane. I haven't even thought about this for years. Um, (laughs) They would give me the scripts after they were done, because I would run the teleprompter for the TV anchors, and then I would get the pieces of paper, and I would tape them to my walls in my bedroom, and then I would read them out loud as if I was on TV. Oh, my goodness.
0: And I was probably,
1: you're right, I was probably like 17, 18, and then I interned for that same station all through college whenever I came back um, for the summers. I interned for them, and then the producer. Uh, we were all at a party, and she somehow broke her arm. And because it was typewriters back then, they had to hire me to type for her. <laughs> and she taught me how to produce a show because wow. I had to type anything she told me.
0: So uh, you've got front front of the camera and behind the camera experience. This is so helpful. So yeah, well, you have uh, to
1: be willing to write. You have to be able to write. I think a lot of people think that the um, reporters and
0: anchors. And yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's never like that. Like you have to do all the writing um, and put it all together, and yeah, it's a lot more work than people think. It's more than just the hairspray and the makeup, and right.
0: And then running the show is even more so on top of that. But let's just give people I think what I think is good news, and tell me if I'm wrong here. People in the news, people in the media, need content. And so are they, or are they not kind of always looking across the horizon for something interesting for their, either viewers or listeners?
1: They need you so badly. They, Mm. people don't realize how much you need good content to fill the beast. Like we always said, we have to feed the beast. What are we going to feed the beast with today? Oh, I love that. Feed the beast. Yeah. Feed the beast and cover the black because if we don't have video or things to be on TV, then it's just black, black dead air.
0: Okay. Yeah, we can't
1: have dead air. So the problem was is that for years, I mean, I would get oh, I don't even know per day, maybe fifty to seventy-five email pitches a day, and Mm -hmm. that so many PR people don't pitch it correctly. Mm -hmm. Everybody's so worried about being so professional that they forget to be personable, and And they write it to this. Yeah, they write so high level that, you know, we can't understand exactly what you're pitching. You're not simplifying the message. And if we're going to go through a ton of emails, the shorter ones are best. I always thought, man, these companies must have paid thousands of dollars to have a Mm -hmm. PR person write a page and a half that I'm never going to read. Right. Right. I mean, right. none of us ever read it. So that's one of the reasons I even have on my website, like how to write a media release mm-hmm. as one of my freebies, because um, even all my friends, I went around, it wasn't just me. I went around and talked to the producers and, and they said, am I right in that? This is how a press release should be written so that it's easy to understand. We can make a quick decision because we need the who, the what, the when right away and what it means to our audience. Everyone forgets
0: that the media has an audience. The what's in it for them. And so if we start from the idea of the audience, the listener or Mm -hmm. the viewer, and then work our way backwards from them, we can come up with our hook. And is it typically that you will just say, yes, that's a good hook. We're going to use it. Or will you tweak it to, you get the gist and then you'll tweak it to suit your own purposes.
1: Right. We'll get the gist and then we'll tweak it to what we think our audience is really all about. But I would say that subject line. Yeah, it can't really be any more than eight to 10 words. It's got to be quick and it's got to say local. I mean, if you're a local speaker and or or you're a national speaker, but you want to get on in whatever locality you're going to go speak. Like if you have a gig that you're going to. You ought to see if you can get on the TV stations if there's another time, if you're coming in then you know night before, you're going to be there in the morning, those are places that you should be hitting with your news releases or at least quick. I shouldn't even say news releases. Basically, they're just emails to the producer right. to say, would you be interested in this content?
0: Right, right. Um,
1: and that's what you really, you need to say like when you're going to be there and what the hook is, which is usually whatever your content is. Right. So let's say you're a leadership speaker then okay you have some good leadership things uh, to say but can it be tied into maybe something that's going on nationally
0: right you know okay.
1: and then taking those tidbits and going okay this is what the media is talking about right now and this is what I have to say about what they're already talking about
0: okay I like it so I want to workshop something with you. I've got a book title, and I'm just picturing myself sending it over to a uh, – I don't know that I'll do a big media release on it, but it's uh, the working title, and it's the prequel to The Wealthy Speaker 2.0. And I just chatted with Joe Calloway about this, and I'm just like, I don't know if this is a good title or not. So you want to get paid to speak, question mark. And I don't know if okay. it's – would it be a good hook?
1: Uh, it depends on the audience of the media. So I wouldn't say like local news wouldn't be, you know, local TV news probably wouldn't be, uh, but maybe if you were going to put it in front of like the business journals or the business sections and newspapers, right? if you're wanting to get,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: Yes. Entrepreneurs or business people. I mean, like, let's say the insurance industry, you know, insurance people want to get out in front of people. Anybody who's in sales would want that book. Because, or want the, I shouldn't even say want the book. They want a little bit of content from the book. Right, right, right. So then you would have to backload it and go, okay, then now the business journal would pick that up. Or, you know, what can I teach for sales?
0: Could I give them a statistic on how many people are getting paid and what kind of fees and stuff like that? Would that get their attention?
1: Yes, it would get their attention on the back end of the content. Okay. You know, unless it, do you have, let me ask you this. Do you have the statistic? Is that from something like a survey that you've done or a survey that you've seen?
0: I will have to do the research and make sure that I get, uh, something good from somewhere credible. And I don't, I don't have it yet, but I will.
1: Right. Well, I made a pitch, um, when I was on as a guest to a TV station and I did pitch it with a statistic and I was pitching the statistic about, um, when people are going for job interviews, what employers say is the number one thing that's hurting millennials and the inability mm. to actually have a conversation. So I, I forget what the statistic was. It was like 52% of the people that hire say that candidates are not ready to speak one-on-one. Mm. So I used that. And I said, so I teach because, of course, I coach people to be better on camera. I teach these type of interviewing skills, whether it's job interviews or you got a TV interview. It's all pretty much the same. So I just took what I did and then made it for their audience.
0: Right. Because that's
1: more general.
0: Yeah. So, But I
1: did use a statistic. So I I think if you have the right statistic, because then they can have something to jump off of because it was a recent statistic, it was something that was in the news. Right. And when you...
0: Okay. So that's a good point is when you are getting ready to pitch something, look at what's going on already and see if you can't newsjack that, right? Exactly, newsjack it for
1: sure. And the one way I tell people, and I tell my clients this, is that you have to do a Google Alert to mm-hmm. alert yourself so that you're not constantly looking over the news. Nobody can keep up with everything all the right, time. The not with the, running our businesses. News. Yeah. yeah. So if you don't know about Google Alert, which most people should, but if you go and just put into Google, Google Alert, it allows you to put in keywords. You put those keywords in for what yeah. you think matches the content that you have, and it will constantly tell you about articles that are in your genre.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's great. I love it. Okay. So yeah. one of the things that you're really good at, uh, tell me if this is your sweet spot, um, really helping people be more succinct with their messaging. Is that is that kind of one of your it sweet is. spots? Yeah. Okay. It so, is because for 20 years I would interview people and then I would
1: only dissect, you know, how everyone says the media interviews you for half an hour and they take 15 seconds. Right, right so I think for speakers we're used to being able to talk for you know 45 uh, an hour and a half if right. You do a workshop you're up to three to four hours so then you get into a tv situation or a radio interview which I do radio as well I'm on the uh, cast of a morning show here in town mm-hmm. um, and you don't realize it's a conversation it's got to be quick right so then how do you take your small bits of your best information and get those out first.
0: So right. I think that is my it sweet it sound spot.
1: Bites, right, <laughs> right, and know when to stop. Right. I, I, there's two things that I think speakers can really run into: is you either dominate or you diminish when you get into an interview situation, and either one of those is bad. You have to find that sweet spot and practice being able to just take enough time where you haven't taken over from the host,
0: mm. but
1: don't just give three word answers where you're not helping the host. Okay. And the host, I mean, I have been, I think part of the reason I got into this business is that I sat there for so many years as a talk show host and a news anchor, looking at the person across from me that I was interviewing and feeling sorry for them. Like, oh, if you could just say this, it would be so much better. Oh, if you could just say that, this interview would have been great. And now I get to write it for people. Like now I take to clients and I say, okay, say this and let's Uh practice it again and again.
0: What would be an example of a before and after kind of makeover of that? Do you have, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, so I apologize. Um, oh, no. I, oh. I think I, I think where I know where you're going, I think I've okay. got a good one. All right. Let's hear it.
1: Okay. So a makeover of a client?
0: Yes. Is what where you were going to go? Okay. Yeah.
1: So I had a client that we started working together where I was just practicing with him how to do a sound bites, and I would get into anchor mode and I would go all you know so is it true that you spent this much money you know I just would go a little overboard right but then what was crazy is he got a call from 60 Minutes He's going to be interviewed by Steve Croft
0: Ooh. and
1: we started practicing for about seven days straight hours of doing this and I said to him at one time I said you know what I said you're doing great but you're just you right now And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, you know, I was an investigative reporter that cut through the red tape. So everybody depended on me to do those types of stories. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, you know, when I did that, it wasn't just me. That's Katrina who's going to just go have a beer with you. I said, but I was taking on that feeling of everybody who depended on me. And I said, and they believed in me. And I said, so I don't know how to get that across to you, but I need you to be bigger. And I said, you know, you have 250,000 members for your company. And I said, how many employees? He's like about 200. And I said, okay, I want you to feel them. I said, can can you feel them behind you when you're answering? And so the next day we got back together and he goes, okay, I have a visual for that. And in, of course, in Green Bay, there's Lambeau Field, one of the big football stadiums. Mm -hmm. And he said, that's four Lambo fields for full of people and I'm going to be picking up the mic and talking for them on 60 minutes and I said yes I said now you get it so we flew to New York and he walked into the 60 minute studio and right before we walked in he looked at me and he goes four Lambos and I looked at him and I go and you nailed this and we'll fill up four more I said let's go I'm like, we got this, you know, but he he got that feeling of being bigger, which I think a lot of people go with that. They want to be humble. They walk into a studio and they feel like a guest. Right. And you really need to feel like the host because you know your information better than anyone else. And the host, not for 60 Minutes, but for some of these local shows, um, might not have done all the research, might just be like handed the information during the commercial break. Right. And you're not going to let somebody like that
0: run the show for you. You've got to run your own show. Okay. So uh, you're saying kind of be, what's your terminology around that? Be yourself, only bigger?
1: Yes. That's great terminology, Jane. I'm going to take that and I'm going (laughs) to use that for all my clients. (laughs) Yeah, you you need to be bigger. yeah thank you i'm i ri- 'm writing it down as we speak
0: all right I love it um, uh, so you 've given us some really good news in terms of uh, what people you know feeding the beast and knowing that and so I would say we just want to start getting out there and being more visible to our local media and you know what i 'm almost speaking to myself here. I live great a, I live in a fairly small town. Nobody knows I'm here. They did a story on me years ago that, you know, I used to be a waitress, and now I'm a big-time coach and what have you. But other than that, like, I've never really been featured, and I don't really talk about what it is I do. I really should be guest, you know, speaking at the uh, School of Business here, and I don't do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're kind of making me think, hey, Jane, you know, maybe you want to do something. I guess it's because I don't really deal locally very much that I haven't really thought no. about it. Right. You don't deal locally, but think of
1: all the places that you go. Right. Right. You know, you travel to conferences, you do all of these things. You could be out there for sure talking to people. And we all know that public discourse and our ability to speak for everybody, just as a general audience, is declining. Mm. I mean, you have so
0: much to offer
1: that you could probably be on any media or be interviewed in any magazine just on that basis alone.
0: Well, I'm I'm more inspired by the idea with the next book potentially coming out. I'm going to write mm-hmm. it this summer. And so perhaps after that, I'll get more, a little bit more inspired to do it. I always want to have a purpose. And so I think right, the idea right, right. of getting paid to speak might be something that is actually media worthy as well. And so that kind of... yeah that kind of excites me. Okay. So no, that's good. And that's a good call to action. And, but if you want to get in touch
1: with more of your local, like in every city, usually there's a press club. Um, I'm part of the Milwaukee press club and they do okay. events. And if you want to go and meet real media people face to face, it's just like anything else. You need to create a relationship with the media and they're just people. Yes. I mean, they need you. They want to meet you. And if anyone recognizes somebody that's on TV, I would say go over and talk to them. I mean, don't take up a ton of their time, but hand them a business card and say, hey, this is what I do and just love right. your show. And I think that's part of the it is that I tell people all the time, they're, we never got on TV because we didn't want anyone to notice us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. Yeah. Um. Uh, but I think that you got to try to find those events mm-hmm. and go build those relationships and then start slowly. You can yeah. follow. I, I tell, I, I do an attract the media um, talk and I'm actually doing it for the Wisconsin chapter of the national speakers association. Oh, and good. I say never, yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, I say never in the history of mankind could you, Lightly stalk somebody as easily as you can right now. Uh, So I would say start following some of your local media people on Twitter and Facebook and see what they love, see what they're messaging about. Get into conversations with them because they want people to interact on their social media just like everybody else does. And then you are getting a relationship where they recognize your name when you suddenly meet them out somewhere.
0: Very good. That's excellent. That's very good. Uh, good tips. So um, did we cover it thoroughly the top three tips to be succinct in our messaging for wrapping our messages into a bow?
1: I don't know if we did. Let's talk about those three tips. So okay. I would say that number one, I think we kind of went all over. Um, okay. I would t- Great. We weren't very succinct. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. Whoops. Okay. I think the biggest thing is to make that subject line short, okay. but you need to start with the very first thing of know your audience. Know what the media, whatever media you're contacting, what is their, who is their audience? Who is their audience? Okay, good. Who That's is their thing. audience? So that All would right. be the number one thing. So All does right. your message, number two, does your message fit their audience?
0: Does it fit? They
1: okay. may not be the right media, right? Like you're not going to send something, especially if it's like a trade magazine. You're not going to send something about the airline industry to something completely different. You know right. that's just not something you would do,
0: right? Um, Most and of then us are probably num- aiming towards business mags, business uh, uh, different business publications or um, shows, right?
1: Right. And different associations inside those businesses, I would say. And all of them have those newsletters that need the content. Okay. And then I would say that the email has got to be quick. Okay. And it's got to say maybe two sentences. I always say to make it really succinct, you need to personalize it. Tip number three, it has to be personalized. Mass media, we can smell a mass mailing. Uh, I think everybody can. Sure. But we can all smell that you have sent this to everyone. And okay. we all want to feel like we're given that little gift to unwrap that gift. It's only to us. So I would say that you need to A, know the person's real name that you're sending this email to, Mm -hmm. put the name of the show or the name of the newspaper or the name of the magazine or the name of the radio station and the show that you're going to want to be on into the email so that it's personalized and then have the what you can bring to their audience. The what has got to be really high up there. Mm -hmm. This is what I can offer to your audience. Right. And that's, that's the biggest thing. So you really want to make sure that your message is on key with that particular medium and what they really need for their audience.
0: I love it. Um, I remember Kendra Hall. She sent out these 600 emails that we've talked about on this podcast before. And Mm -hmm. uh, she sent them a lot to the American Marketing Association. And her topic was storytelling. And she'd say, uh, I think that she'd put the subject line, I think of the actual conference in the subject line. So a little bit of personalization Mm -hmm. there. And she'd say, uh, I think that my topic of storytelling, you know, the proper title of it is a great fit for your abc conference and let me tell you why and then she went on from right. there and i just love those words and let me tell you why 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 does that work it works because it's conversational yes.
1: and it's right to the point and it's yes. saying let me tell you why and i'm going to make this quick because i know your time's valuable yeah good and I think that everybody has to realize time is valuable. And yes, you might be able to write a really beautiful long email that's too professional. I mean, one time I got an email that said from um, the National Pollinators Association, the (laughs) pollination, whatever. And I I bring this up in my talk. I'm like, if they would have just said the bees are dying and our (laughs) grocery bills are going up. Right. But they didn't do that. They tried to be too professional. And I think that's so, I love what she says, and okay, I think conversa- she's got a lot of great information.
0: Okay, good, good. good. Conversational.
1: You all have right. to be conversational.
0: What is the term uh, earned media? Earned media
1: is something that I didn't even know what it meant, but I was being earned all the time. It's basically you have to give a really good story idea for the media to pick up on it. Now, public relations professionals, they call it earned media because earned media is you've made a good pitch and you did not need to pay for the media. We just naturally did a story Uh, about you because it was so good. Your pitch was so good. Now with earned media though, you do not have the right to write the story. You, I I tell clients like you create the nice shiny puzzle piece that the media can use. Now how they put that into the puzzle is up to them. But and you can also have a really bad puzzle piece because I teach crisis communication, and some people choose to say no comment, and that makes it worse. Worse.
0: Okay. Okay. I got so, you. Okay. So it's when yeah, they and did paid on media a story you've pitched. Okay. And then right. and then there's also this kind of secondary idea um, where you can say, okay, I'm going to uh, kind of like pay for performance PR where. They will then write the story for you, and you're kind of the hero of the story, and they'll pitch it to a bunch of media outlets, and I've had that to be quite successful for me before.
1: Right, right. Yeah, and you can do that. and paid media, you get to control the storytelling, but it's also placed in different places where it's sponsored by. Right. Usually, the reader or the viewer can tell that you've sponsored the material. Okay not bad, it's just different. I, I try to talk to people about the fact of realizing like getting into the actual show and not being part of the commercial.
0: Right. That's
1: amazing. When you can get three minutes of content on a local talk show, you'd never be able to pay for that in commercial breaks.
0: I love it. And that. you're
1: actually into the show. And I think people don't realize that. If you just did a little extra work and personalize those pitches. You could be getting some incredible TV time. And then the other thing too, TV, radio, uh, taking segments of that and then blasting it all over your social media continually to create that credibility and to create you being an expert again and again and again once you've edited that up.
0: That's really good. It's kind of similar to the concept of rather than – uh, having a booth at a trade show, be the speaker on the main stage. That's our goal is to be up on the stage rather than out selling in a booth because you're in right. a different, you're, you're positioning yourself kind of with higher level of expertise. It, now some people will do both, with, which I think is good. and Then you can drive people back there. Okay. So right. what is the, have we covered the misconception of earned media? I don't know if there's a misconception of earned media. Um,
1: I think the misconceptions for a lot of people is like I said, that people that the media, the media doesn't need you. I think the biggest misconception is that people, that people are afraid to reach out to the media because they, you know how your mind plays. We've all got those gremlins in our brain that are telling us that, you know, you're not worthy. But the the media really does need you. That is a huge misconception. They do need you. And they need your content because without having some local content, they dry up. They wouldn't have the ability to have the broadcast or the publication anymore. So you really need to do that. And then the other thing I would think is that the they're completely knowledgeable about what you're doing when you come on. You have to be the educator sometimes. And you really have to think, what can I teach? Mm. not only to the host, but to the viewers.
0: That's really good. So let's say you want to ultimately be on Good Morning America or be a writer for the Huffington Post or something like that, but Mm -hmm. you want to start somewhere. You can start local, can you not, and then start working your way out?
1: Right. I would say, definitely say start local because you don't want to get on a Good Morning America and then not do well and, you know, crawl mm. back into your cave and never come out again. That would right. not be what we want. Right. We do not want that. No. But I would say to start local. And there are some ways for you to find about how to where reporters are looking to get a quote. And I don't know if you've heard of Help a Reporter Out.
0: Oh, yes. HARO. Called- H-A-R-O. Just Google that. And we'll put it in right. the show notes too, for sure.
1: Yeah, that's a good place to go for people to get started and to realize what the media is looking for. Mm -hmm. I never used it. People ask me when you're a reporter, did you ever use that? I did not use it, but it's not to say I wouldn't. One thing I do think people should definitely do is make sure that your social media is cleaned up. Because once you send me a really good email release and I'm like, oh, I'm interested in their subject, now I'm going to Google you. Yeah. And now I'm going to try to find whatever I can find on you to see if you're reputable and to see if I do want to put you or quote you. Um, and I would say that you've got to make sure your pictures are good and not do not have anything of your personal open. Because as soon as I see some of that stuff, I'm like, oh, like – we had a life coach guy one time get in touch with me and I went to look at him on LinkedIn. I mean, on LinkedIn, which is supposed to be highly professional. Mm-hmm. And there was a picture, his profile picture was a girl hanging off of him at a bar
0: oh. and,
1: and I just went, we can't have him on. I can't, I can't put this on. And so I would say go and do a complete social media analysis of yourself
0: or have through someone me- else do it. Through the media's eyes to see how professional you look. Right. And any
1: association that you can have with another group, like let's say that you are a psychologist or somebody who wants to get into that speaking space. Are you affiliated with a hospital? Mm. You know, Mm. or is there somebody else that's willing to sign off on you?
0: Okay. Because you're constantly looking to uh, cross your T's and dot your I's. You want to make sure you're having people credible because the backlash of not is probably pretty, quick to happen these days right
1: oh yes it's bad and we that's the thing the station doesn't want to seem liable for that like if you if you are a person that's taking care of uh i don't know somebody's continual liar and then we find out you lied on your resume we want Mm -hmm. to hope that the hospital is more and that's their problem and not ours like they put you up as the expert and not us
0: Right, right. Well, everything has changed. And I know the media has changed because of social media. And it's, it's like everything happens so fast these days. So what's one thing that you could say people could do that might, you know, be something that could potentially go viral or be a bit of a game changer for their career? That what's something you've seen from your own client group?
1: that's gone viral. You do have to do things that are different to get the media's attention. And I guess, um, well, one thing that just went viral here locally is a reporter did a hook shot backwards while he was talking to the anchors um, for the Harlem Globetrotters here in town. (laughs) And it was from half court and he was holding a microphone and he hit it. It went in. Um, so I really try, which was crazy. And of course everything went crazy and it made it onto ESPN and everybody here locally is talking about it, but it's because you created a moment, you did something that you were doing something fun. And I, when I work with my clients, I don't want them to do sit down interviews. There is nothing more boring than that. So you've got to come up with something that you can demonstrate or do, and then be okay when something either goes horribly wrong or horribly right. And either one of those can go viral. Either one of them you know? is an
0: opportunity, potentially.
1: <laughs> it is. It's an opportunity. And I tell people, love the mistakes. Right. The mistakes are when we're going to actually see the real you. Right. So be okay with that. And you'll be all, you know, I have, somebody walk into the studio one time and she's like, I think if I barfed right now, you'd be all right with it. I said, well, you'd go viral. <laughs> I said, I know you're nervous. I said, but if you choose to, uh, you know, vomit, we're good with that. It's totally fine. You know, and then she started laughing and I got her out of that funk because right. it, it'll be fine. You'll be fine.
0: This is a little kind of a side, even for um, just general speaking, I was doing a uh, body pump class and the microphone, you know how the girls wear the headsets when they're running classes and the, and mm-hmm. the mic on the headset didn't work and the girl had so much fun with it that it just didn't matter. And her stock rose incredibly. So when something goes wrong, number one, have a plan. And number two, have some fun with it because there's not a lot you can do.
1: No, there is not a lot you can do. And you just have, and you're right. People just like you to roll with the punches. People just want to know that you care enough to be funny or not take yourself so seriously
0: seriously exactly okay well boy this was a lot of information and i'm so excited that you've been here Uh, people are going to want to get in touch with you katrina cravey so tell me how people should do that
1: well the best way would be to go to my website which i know cravey can be weird to spell katrina's with a k uh but cravey thinks crazy, but with a V <laughs> so, <laughs> Katrina Cravey. Um, and then it's also, I have a landing page of get So that can help people. If you can't think of how to spell the okay. name, no problem.
0: Wonderful. And we're going to, you mentioned something earlier that you had about how to write a press release and we'll have Monica put that in the show notes as well. So that'd be you. great. And yeah, and no problem. Let's mention your book again too. Yes,
1: it's on-air, Insider Secrets to Attract the Media and Get Free Publicity. And I have, um, within the last, like, nine months, gone on Audible, and I have some codes Ooh. that I can give away. So for the three people from your audience who would like the book and like it for free on audio, uh, just email me through our content page, and I will get that to you.
0: Fantastic, I love audible. I'm a big fan. My credit just came in, so maybe I'll have to rush over and grab that book because i'll be in i'll I'll be needing some inspiration once my book is ready <laughs> Oh awesome. no
1: problem I'll, I'll I'll get you the code Jane and I loved my focus forty with you by the way. I um. want everyone to know. It was great to just get me focused and it was just perfect. So I just appreciate all the information that you give to all of us.
0: Well, thank you so much. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for your time. No problem. It was great. Thank you. And uh, Wealthy Speakers, if you've enjoyed our podcast today, leave us a rating, leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. Uh, Subscribe so you don't miss out, whether it be on iTunes or Stitcher or um i forget where else we are and and uh, come on over to our podcast page if you ever want to see the notes it's at speakerlauncher.com you can click on podcast and with that we will say see you soon wealthy speakers bye for now thanks for listening to the wealthy speaker show please visit speakerlauncher.com for your free wealthy speaker audit and visit speakerlauncher.com forward slash podcast for show notes and many more resources to help you catapult your speaking business. See you soon, wealthy speakers.